As we head to Monza, the FIA become party poopers as the ban on qualifying modes take effect. Ferrari will definitely not be partying at their home Grand Prix. And will we have a surprise podium? We give our predictions. Let's jump the start. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Jump to Start podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with two of my closest friends. Yancy, say hello. Hello. <laughs> Ruben, hi. What's, go- what's going on, guys? In this episode, we will just go over some news. Also do a quick track preview for the Italian Grand Prix at Monza, the Temple of Speed. So... let's get into it the news speaking of speed the first bit of news for us is just a reminder this week at monza the party mode ban begins in full so what that means is that we will not be able to have the teams turn up their engines all the way in qualifying to be able to get that extra boost to try and push towards the front of the pack Ruben, the teams and the grid, where do you see that this could potentially hurt them, help them? What do you think is going to happen as a result? As a result, there's going to be a couple of teams that are going to slow down. The bike markers are going to be even further back. The midfield is going to be a little bit further. And the top teams are going to be a little bit help behind. But it's going to be, I would say, tricky to, to see. That's why I, I read earlier that Wolf said, like Total Wolf said that, uh, this is the perfect track to do it because of the high speeds and see how, you know, pretty much how it shows without the party mode. I don't know. I don't know if I agree that. I, I think that the back marker teams will not be hurt as much. For for example, the back marker teams, we all know them to be Ferrari engine customers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, for a minute, I thought you were going to say Ferrari. No, no. Ferrari and... No comments. Yeah. So we know that this extra mode is primarily a Mercedes engine thing. So Mercedes, uh, Williams, and Racing Point see the biggest benefit. I I, I think that it'll pull the pack closer. Um, but I, I don't believe that it's going to have that much of, effect, of an effect to, to really begin with. Not no, it, it'll it'll have it'll have some effect, but it's not going to be at the top. It's going to be more in the midfield. So I, you know, every team has a party mode. It's just not as good as Mercedes. It's the reason why they didn't introduce it at Spa because they needed to get all their ducks. In, all the teams needed to get their ducks in a row. Um, but it it it's, it's going to make the rate. Uh, it's going to make qualifying a little bit more interesting because it'll close up the field a little bit. But are we going to see a a change in the running order at the top? I don't think so. But in the midfield, it'll definitely spice things up. And we all know that that's where the real entertainment this year is. Again, I think the only storyline that we're seeing, or there's two storylines that we're seeing at the front, is obviously Lewis Hamilton's march to history and overtaking Michael Schumacher's records, including the most wins in F1 history, which I believe, Ruben, correct me if I'm only two away or three away from two. breaking the record. 
So two to tie and three to break, right? Yes. Okay. So, uh, and obviously the emergence of Max Verstappen as the only driver that can compete with Lewis Hamilton right now. That's the only thing I see, but that's not in, that's, you know, the endings of those are not going to be crazy. But as far as like racing is concerned, in the midfield, we have a battle. Renault is coming. Uh, obviously, we have McLaren there, and we have Racing Point. And if at least uh, if we can close up that a little bit, that'll make uh, the racing a little bit more spicy. We'll see. We'll see. I, you know, I have visions of. We'll, we'll talk about it later. But just the, the qualifying last year at. Monza was just such a disaster that I, I can't wait to see what happened, happens this year. Um, but that's about that for uh, the party mode band. Um, the, one of the other, I guess, pieces of news, it's really rumor news and just another saga throughout the season is Sebastian Vettel has basically been dancing partners with Racing Point Aston Martin and really trying to figure out where his next seat is going to be. So he came out this... Is it a waltz or a salsa? It's more like a waltz. More like a waltz. It's oh, not as intimate it's as a, a salsa. Tra- yeah. Tranquil. Yeah, exactly. So Vettel has come out and said this past week that he has no contract or no agreement with any team and that he is still available. Shocking and also not shocking. We talked previously that it doesn't make sense for Racing Point to go out and sign this guy now. It, they might as well wait until he's desperate, pay him less in the you know in the off season. Is there any anything to really take away from this? It's not shocking because he doesn't have a manager. You know he's he's handling his own affairs. If he had a manager that had a bit of a financial, uh, let's say, uh, uh, incentive, that manager would be talking to various teams, including other teams. In other series to drum up, in other series to drum up, uh, some kind of leverage, uh, so there can be a bit of a, let's say, a urgency to sign Vettel before he goes off to another team. So right now, no team has an urgency. Racing Point doesn't have that urgency, uh, you know. And Vettel seems like he's just chilling and holding back. Maybe he's doing some stuff behind the scenes that we don't know about. But again, if you had an agent or a manager, I think yeah, you would see more things developing or moving in a certain direction, but he doesn't have that. So we're just at a stalemate. And I think the next time we'll hear about this is when he either signs or he doesn't sign. That is a good point. If we would have had, you know, some help to create like some traction behind his name, it would have probably been already put a little rush on somebody getting, you know, getting on top of him. That's a good point, yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, think about it this way. How long did it take Lewis Hamilton to negotiate his deal last go around because he was doing his own thing uh, with Total World? Yeah, it seems like the world champions just sit back on their laurels and be like, I'm here for the taking. Take me if you want. If not, I'm good. Uh, I don't know if that's the right attitude, but, you you know, Vettel's a four-time world champion. Obviously, uh, Lewis Hamilton is about to be a seven-world championship. Yeah, see, the only thing you forgot about what you said right now was show me the money. The money has to be shown, too. (laughs) You know what? I I wish it was like here in the States where they would announce these contracts, but 
I think the they they don't really it's it's supposed to be private between the teams, and the only time we ever even hear about it is like through court proceedings. Like we found out that uh, that Danny Rick, oh, he was getting paid. I think either thirty or forty million dollars a year Oof. from Renault because wow, uh, one of his old handlers, I don't know if it was a manager, was suing him for oh, a certain yeah. amount of money and stuff like that. And that's that was through court proceedings. So. It's different in F1. Here, we would know right away, oh, you know, so-and-so signed for $30 million a year, blah, blah, blah. We don't know. Well, that. I mean, that... And the only thing we can do is, like, uh, let's say the Forbes list comes out, and then we can deduct from that. That's pocket change for Ruben. But wasn't that guy... <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that guy uh, the same guy? Didn't he play basketball with him and, like, drive to survive season one? Something like that, right? I thought he was something in the show. like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know if it was him, to be honest. With or you. he I'm said, "Oh, I'm sorry." He sat in the room in like the hotel room, and they were talking about the contract going forward. Uh, that was like his last season with Renault. That was like the whole drama in the season. Yeah, yeah, that was that was actually one of the best storylines of the entire uh, season one. Uh, I hope season three <laughs> is good. Uh, I hope it's better than season two. Yeah, season two was all over the place. But we'll watch it anyway because we're just... Yes, sir. And everybody should watch it. Yeah. So we talked about Vettel. We talked about a little bit about Aston Martin. Um, uh, Mattia Bonato came out today, and I'm laughing because it's like, man, things just keep getting worse for this team. Because Ferrari's the joke of this season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so... I saw... I saw... A meme with him and a clown face. That was funny. Yeah, well, that's where we're at. But Ferrari, mm-hmm. Mattia Bonato, team boss of Ferrari, has stated that it could take years for Ferrari to recover and get back to the winning cycle. Wow. 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 <laughs> what do you think about that, Ruben? <laughs> uh, oh Hater. My God. You love that, don't you? No, no. I want. I actually want them to be competitive too, so we could have you know some some argument argument points in the front. But wow, man, what the hell was on that engine that they had before, man? Nobody knows because it was kept secret by the FIA and uh, the Ferrari International. I'm sorry, Ferrari Ferrari International Assistance. Yeah, <laughs> but. Yo, look, I, I don't think that's what that means. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> we here's the deal, right? Mercedes is that far ahead now, right? Racing point when they I'm going to say when they're driving well, they are that good as well. You've seen them in quality. You saw Nico Hulkenberg qualify, what, fourth? A guy off his couch eating tres leche cake, like we said before. <laughs> We know that McLaren is getting a Mercedes engine next year, and that car looks good. So where where does that put Ferrari? That makes them one, two, three, four, the fifth best team. And that's assuming Renault does not continue to improve. Which they are going to improve this this weekend, okay? They're going to improve even more. The who? I mean, over the offseason, over the offseason. Oh, over the offseason, okay. Listen, we all know Ferrari was going to be bad this year. I didn't think it was going to be this bad, but we know it was going to be bad. When the chairman came out and said it was going to be bad, that's what you got to expect. Yeah, but that's I a guy saying that lang- <laughs> I know, but that na- language never comes out of Maranello. Okay? And this, they are, it, it's like Bernardo said, I, and I read the article. It was like he said, you know, 
in F1, it's like any other sport. You go through your ups and downs, and the cycle is, you know, you 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 have a win, you have you have you have a few winning seasons, and then you got to rebuild. Ferrari never really rebuilt, man. They they've been they just been it's been patchwork ever since. So and for the last ten years, it's all been patchwork and throwing money at problems. And we all know if you watch sport, throwing money could only throwing money at problems could only go so far. We are Yankee fans, so we know. <laughs> so we know exactly. So we know, and the only time we can get title contenders is when we you know invest money in the farm system and bring young guys up, and and that's kind of what they're doing now with Leclerc. And they have a good driver's academy and they have talent there and they sign Carlos Sainz who's a young driver and they're reworking the organization, preparing for 2022. 2022 will be the year where we see Ferrari on the come up again. It's not going to be this year. There's there's they can't throw money at a problem anymore because there's a freeze on development. There's a freeze on development in the engine. There's a freeze on development in the in the arrow. They can't do much, so they're not going to make it, uh, a big step up because there's something fundamental, fundamentally wrong with the cars. They can't heat up their tires. The aerodynamic sucks, and the engine is way low on power. So, so they're not going to be good. So why even expect it? Poor science. My my whole thing is you, all you talked about was the drivers. I don't think the drivers are the problem this year. You hear they're not. You hear I'm not, not just that. not just um. I mean, you see Vettel and Leclerc have their issues, right? Individually, like whatever. You hear the terrible strategy, like non-calls. And that's a cultural thing. You see that the car itself is not where it's supposed to be. That's culture too, where where you have a system in place of, we'll call it a blame culture versus the Mercedes, no blame culture. People are not willing to, to take a step, put their neck out there, De- develop this extra component or whatever that might or might not be good. They're not willing to take risks. And this is the, the result that you're seeing. All of a sudden, yeah, you, yeah. Well, but they're, they're afraid to get fired. That's what it is. When you do something yeah, wrong on Ferrari, they fire you. Like me. <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to, I, I don't want to defend Ferrari and all the mistakes that they've made because God knows I've been a critic of them as well. What I'm trying to tell you is that it's, it, this stuff takes time and uh, they, I told you, they got to blow up their strategy department. They already blew up their technical department and they rework stuff. If they do that, going into 2022, when they have a better chance uh, with the with the rule changes, a better chance of developing and actually getting up to the field, if they do that, then they will be competitive again. Now, I don't know the inner workings of Maranello, and history will tell you sometimes they just don't get it right. But they don't have the luxury of throwing money anymore because of the cost cap. So they must be smarter. I think Mattia Bonato recognizes that, and for our and and John Elka, cha- uh, John Elka recognizes that. I hope that they do the right thing. Obviously, as a fan, I hope they do the right thing. But that's what they have to do. They can't go back to their old ways because if they do, they will fail again. Yancy, is Bernardo going to get fired at the end of the year? No. No. Okay. No, no, just, just a question. It, no, because it doesn't make any sense. You've get, you you've gone through, in the past 10 years, I think, three team principles. You need to, again, what they're doing is just rework the structure, have one person who understands it. I think they made a mistake in, 
in leaving Bernardo, not only as a team principal, but as a technical director. You can't do that. It's too big of a job. It's too big of a team to handle that. What now they they've reworked that that aspect. They just got to keep working and doing it. But it doesn't make any sense to fire Bernardo when he hasn't even gotten a chance to build that team the way he wants it to be. And then on top of that, going into next year, it's what we'll call a lame duck season. If Bernardo gets fired, you can't do anything to the car, essentially, going into 2021 until the 2022 regulations change. So that person that's coming in is going to be stuck. And it's going to look terrible. And we, all know, and we all know that the development of these cars starts a year, a year and a half yeah. before. So if you do that, you're just stunting the growth. And then you're just putting Ferrari on a back foot when they need to put their best foot forward starting in 2022. Uh, makes me think of the Whoa. Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you bring that up, man? Now I got two teams. Oh, what? I'm suffering. Sorry, Ruben. What were you going to say? No, no, it was just the, the Renato question. Oh, boy. We'll see. Hopefully things get better. Uh, coming out of the last race, um, we saw that crazy accident of Antonio Giovinazzi spitting out, hitting the wall. There was actually a video on, I think, F1's uh, Twitter where you see it from Kimi, who was directly behind him. He hits the, the wall to the right. The car... And essentially, the tire flies off and into George, collects George Russell. The car, the car actually bounced back as well. Uh, yeah, see, we were talking earlier about the FIA investigating this. If you could just provide us some details. Yeah, they they're based. They're doing what they should be doing. You know, they they've changed those tethers they they mandated those tethers it was i'm not sure the year but it was in the early 2000s and they've changed it since then i think about two or three times meaning the, that if you look at an f1 accident you see that the wheels don't especially modern times they just don't fly off they're actually flying around the car with, with two cables actually holding onto the chassis now that didn't happen this time around. And it has, it didn't happen with a few incidents before, but this one was the most egregious because obviously it hit another driver and it hit another car and could have been a lot worse. The issue is if you see that footage is that it's just not the wheel. It wasn't like when Kimmy lost the wheel, the wheel came off the wheel nut and he lost the wheel, lost the wheel. No, it was the wheel with the entire braking system and the suspension arms. I told you guys later, it looked like a medieval torture <laughs> weapon flying across the track. Um, you know, it hit George Russell and George Russell even said it, that he was scared there for a second because he didn't know where that wheel was going to go. And luckily it just, it hit another part of the wheel. But when you saw the video of that accident, just of the aftermath, it looked pretty scary. And nobody was moving, and you know the car, the, the the angle was pretty far away, so it just looked like it was. It looked it was like, hopefully nothing really bad happened, and the drivers come out of it. Thank God nothing bad happened, but the FIA definitely ha uh, is investigating it to see what else they can do to make sure that that does not happen again. The whole point of the test is to keep the wheels within the proximity of the car attached to the chassis. When you have wheels or parts flying off. 
that's super dangerous is the reason is it is the reason why they introduced the halo and i think eventually they're going to go the route of what indycar did it'll be like a halo what they call the arrow screen in indycar where it's going to be basically a halo structure surrounded by a plexiglass of some sort obviously it's not plexiglass it's something other material super strong but eventually that's going to happen so you don't have smaller bits coming in and hitting the drive yeah, I mean, at the beginning, uh, I know the commentators were saying it was the front wheel, but it was actually one of the back wheels until earlier when Yancy mentioned the thirds and stuff like that. I thought only the front wheels had those cables, but then Yancy clarified, no, all four wheels have these tethers to to hold on to them. So it was it's something that has really maybe, you know, the area they picked is a weak structure, and that's why it came off. You know, it's, it's, this is, you know, the... The highest, I would say, you know, spectacle of motorsports, whatever, whatever we say. So they'll be, they'll get it right. You know, that this yeah, it was, it, it was weird because what, what happens is that those tethers go through the suspension arms. So along with all the cables coming in from the chassis, they, you see those suspension arms that, that attach to the wheel. Mm-hmm. Those tethers go through there. So I don't know how that failed. I don't know what happened, but that shouldn't be failing. Something's wrong there and they need to investigate it and get it right. Yeah. Um, just imagine being George Russell going as fast as he was and seeing that freaking tire, a tire coming at you at 200 miles per hour. That sucks. Dude, I would have died. Right <laughs> <laughs> it's not a laughing matter, but yeah, it would have been scary. Like, Jesus. So. Go. Go okay. The. Um, for next- else with the news. Go ahead. Uh, Battle, he bought the, the Rakani uh, Mansell championship car for 92. The, the one Ni- that the Nigel Mansell car, yes. the Williams, yes. I joked that he's going to Williams. <laughs> <laughs> that car is iconic because he won nine, nine out of 16 races that year. Yeah, that was one of the best cars uh, uh, during that year. Um, that's a pretty cool car. You know how much you paid for it? No, I don't say it. I didn't. I didn't. But I don't know, he probably paid a pretty chunk. <laughs> the same pocket change for Ruben. Oh my! God. <laughs> Yo, no. um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, there were two cars. You should go buy the other one. <laughs> the one that didn't win the championship. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the loser one. <laughs> you can race him. So um, next week, or starting this weekend, the Italian Grand Prix at the at. The, at Monza, the Temple of Speed is what I wanted to say. Um, it's officially called the Autodromo Nazionale di Monza. I had to do the, uh, you know, the talk with my hands a little bit. The there. chef's kiss. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> so it is a legendary track, as as we know and as we've heard. Um, it is pro- It's definitely the fastest track on the calendar. It's got, it's essentially 11 turns of mayhem. It's three uh separate chicanes actually it's kind of four separate chicanes and it's got the uh the parabolica turn in it at, at the end at, at the end of a long straight leading into the start finished straight it is um one of the favorite tracks on the calendar for anyone that likes speed and just you know drivers kind of going at it uh it's also very famous for because it's in italy it is where the legion of fans known a legion of Ferrari fans known as the Tifosi pretty much gather there. That's the right there. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. chest, but <laughs> we saw them in full force last year when Charlotte Claire had won the race uh, as a Ferrari driver. Um, the celebration was ridiculous. Um, they hadn't had a uh, Italian driver win that in. I'm sorry, a Ferrari driver win that since I believe 2010 when Fernando Alonso won it. Um, I don't know what My what boy, further son, to say about Fernando. this track and race. That I got a couple of things on. Go ahead. Uh, the track was built in 1922. You already said it was the fastest track. The lap record: Ruben Barrichello, 121, 2004. One minute, 21 seconds. Yep. Uh, most wins on Monza are shared by Schumacher and Hamilton, five apiece. This week is going to be breaking, obviously, by, you know, by hand. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know what your prediction is. And Ferrari is the most successful team here. They have 20 wins. Wow. This wow. Yep. Woo. Not, not this sense. weekend. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, last year, Charles Leclerc uh, won the race. Um, that was actually that was one of the races that that was, I think. That was where Sebastian Vettel spun out going into one of the chicanes. I forget exactly which chicane it was, but I feel like that was like the end, like right in front of the home crowd to have done that. Um that that was just a disaster for him. He had qualified fourth, um, but it just did not work out for him in that race. He he ended that race. At least, yeah, at least he uh, entertained 13. the fans by doing one of his uh, spinderellas. His spinderellas. Right. Well, I mean, also in that race, Lewis Hamilton was chasing down Charlotte Claire, and then he ended up going off of the track, allowing Valtteri Bottas to pass him to get into second place. That that was actually a pretty fun race where we had Leclerc and Hamilton going at it for quite a bit. Uh, was that the, where uh, Leclerc pushed them out? I believe that was, yes. Yes. Uh, you got his elbows out. <laughs> in 2018. Defending the victory. We saw Lewis Hamilton win very comfortably. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen was second and Valtteri Bottas in third, followed by Sebastian Vettel in fourth. 2017, Hamilton, Bottas, Vettel, and then Daniel Ricciardo. That was not as competitive. Um, but but are we going to get the same kind of qualia last as last year? Oh, my God. Because last year. <laughs> yeah, remind us what happened last year. <laughs> last year, pretty much uh, the toe was very heavy. So everybody was the, trying to get a toe. The aerodynamic toe, which yes. is which is what happens when it's essentially. Uh, what is it? Not drifting. Um no, it's not. It's the air gap that is created by the car in front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure out the the, the right word. A, a more technical way to say it. Yeah. So when the car it's basically when the the car in drafting front that's punches, the word I'm looking for. drafting yeah, the the car in front punches a hole through the air, uh, and the and the the air in the back is basically it's it's turbulent and it creates less aerodynamic drag on the car following right, behind exactly. it, assuming that the laminar layers don't rejoin, etc. I don't know. Yeah, the sorry. sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm still lost. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Talk about the. Uh... <laughs> so all of the cars. Talking about like she rockers. <laughs> <No, yeah. laughs> all of the cars that qualified for Q1, they all went out on the out lap and they were all going super slow. We even saw Hockenberg go, like, you know, cut a chicane so they could, you know, go slower and all that stuff. And pretty much 
what was it? Only Leclerc and Sainz was the only one that made it to the line. But when they made it, they didn't even go full speed. They just pretty much abandoned the lap. And pretty much it was just a mess. A full-blown mess. And I don't know. I, I, would not want, I would not want to see it this year again. But it was, I was uh, super entertaining watching it because something that you're like, is this unbelievable? What am I seeing? Like, is this ha- really happening here? <laughs> it was a game of chickens. Like, there you, you go. go first? <laughs> Are you going to go first? Should I floor? No, you, you I... go first. No, 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 no. no, no, no you, you go, go first. first. <laughs> I'll go after you. They were like, what was it like? <laughs> out of the 10 cars, there were five cars that didn't do their final lap. And probably even more. I can't even recall exactly. Like eight of them. <laughs> Dude, it was it was funny to see that happen. Um, it was it was a it was a debacle, and and now, they're discussing debacle. a debacle. What? Debacle. Oh you know God, what a debacle like, is? I thought you were saying debacle. Same, like, no, no, no. <laughs> a, de- a debacle is the same as an as a laminar layer. <laughs> Nobody understands what the hell that is. Anyways, <laughs> so so no, no. It was it was. Come on, that was a complete show. Um, they obviously we one of the reasons why we watch Monza is that we want to go. We we want we these cars are at their best as we you know F one is a racing car that an F one car is a car that is super fast. It's the fastest in the world. Pinnacle of motorsport. Add in any cliche. These are the fastest cars in the world. It's much better than MotoGP. And yes, sir. Way better than <laughs> MotoGP. Okay, Steven. Yeah. <laughs> That's our friend, by the way. <laughs> so, and Monza is the fastest track on the calendar. If you see the track map, Wellington, I want to get your description. Huh, I forgot. If you see, if you see the track map, you uh, like Wellington said, you have you know the Ascari curves. You have a big, you have, and you have two chicanes. The rest is just straights or. Or long runs where the, these cars, especially these cars, go flat out. So you're on the throttle. I don't know, probably like nine more more than ninety percent of the time. I'm not sure. So it's super fast. It's super fast. It's it's basically a track built for F1 cars. So in qualifying, when you could really, really, you know, turn up that turn up that engine, which in this case, in this year, is not going to happen. Um, but you can drive that car in anger and can see how fast you can you can drive that car around the track. To not get that last year, especially in Q3 when it's when the cars are at their fastest, was pretty disappointing because we want to see that la- that 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 shootout for the fastest lap. So I hope they get it right. They they're gonna discuss it in the drivers' meetings. I don't know what you know solution the drivers and the FIA can come up with, you know, I don't know if it's a minimum, you know, lap time around the track or, you know, there's, there's so many things that they can do, but just make sure that this doesn't happen. Like it happened last year. Cause we want to see these cars driving anger around that track. So the track to me, it looks like two things, right? Number one, it looks like a so if, if you think about it like a, a lazy boy chair, if it's leaned back with the uh, with the legs raised up, I think that's what that. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing it looks like to me is like one of the um, I'm going to I'm going to say this very carefully. One of the like uh, a pipe that you put some type of like herb in on, on the left side and you smoke it out of the right. Ooh. Okay. I mean, I don't I don't okay. indulge in that stuff, but what are, what do you smoke out of that? One? It's like grass, I guess. Right. Oh, 
That's what I've seen uh, people do. Medicinal grass. Okay. So prediction wise, where do you guys? I think it looks like a sex. (laughs) What? Oh, my God. (laughs) Moving on. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. uh, Before the predictions, I want to point out the weather, even though it it doesn't really matter because it never rains on freaking F1 weekends. But uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it looks like it'll be in the mid 80s as a high. Uh, That's uh, American uh, Fahrenheit. Uh, Mid 80s as a high and mid mid to low 60s as a low. No rain. Perfectly clear. That's what we see now. So I'm going to go to. First, Ruben, what do you think as far as prediction-wise? I will go this weekend, uh, Hamilton, Bottas, and Max again. I I don't think Max has the speed to catch up, you know, to pass Bottas in this track. Okay, give me the two, like fourth and fifth, the two next best of the rest. It will be Ricardo, and I'm praying for my boy Paris to get something done. Yes, where are you at with this? So here we go. Thought about this log. <laughs> <laughs> and Hamilton's going to win. This is the fastest car. Max is going to be second. Wow. Wow. Why would you say that? Wow. He's driving lights out, man. And I, I think that Red Bull. The engine is better this year. The Honda engine is better this year. And Red Bull, I think, can can trim that car up in a way where it doesn't have a lot of drag. And Max is definitely quick enough to do it. I think uh, in, in Belgium last week, Hamid Marco mentioned that they were expecting rain, so they didn't. So they they set up the car in that way, so that it could run better in the rain. I think they could have gone. They said he said that it could have gone faster uh, if they had set up the car, if the you know if the race had no rain. So I think they'll do a better job this week, and I am going to put my prediction streak on the line <laughs> and say Danny Rick wow. gets the podium. What? Poor Botas. Botas fourth. Ocon fifth. Ocon fifth. Wow. E Alban Pacuando. Yep. Poor Alban. Oof. Listen, Alban is definitely not quick enough to keep up with the top three, which are right now, which are Botas, Max, and, and Hamilton. So. And Renault. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to say, right? I'm going to, I'm going to go with the, uh, Ham, Botas, and Max prediction. I'm going to go with best of the rest goes to Daniel Ricardo again. Uh, I'm showing the guys a graph of the lap times of Max Verstappen, Daniel Ricardo, and Esteban Ocon. It's actually on racefans.net. Awesome site. Guys, make sure to check it out. No affiliation. Love that site. But you can see that they, Ricardo and Max, they are from, say, lap 30. They pretty much match each other's times until about lap 35. And then all of a sudden, 
you see Max just start to slow down and Daniel Ricardo start picking up half second, half second. And then like it goes, the, the, the gap start to widen where it becomes second and a half, a uh, second and three quarters. And it just starts. I think that the power of that Renault has not been fully uh, unlocked yet. And they're working towards getting there. Uh, um, Verstappen and Ricardo both pitted on lap 11. And we saw just how much Ricardo was gaining on him because we thought that Max was managing his tires. So where did that leave Ricardo? They, he should have also been uh, managing his tires. I really do believe that that Renault has turned a corner. Yes, he called it uh, um, last week in which he was saying that the Renaults do really well on high speed tracks. I think that we're going to see something uh, really nice come from Daniel Ricardo, but he ultimately won't be able to beat Max. Uh, I'll be putting Esteban Ocon in fifth and Alex Albon in sixth. Notably, I'm leaving out the racing points. Whoa. What do you guys think? I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, I, 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 if the racing points didn't do well at Spa, I don't see them doing any better one week later. At Monza. I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, they're definitely fast enough. I don't know if the tire strategy is off or they can't turn the tires on. I'm not sure what's going on there. But I agree with you. I don't think I think that, you know, just a week out instead of having the normal two weeks, I don't think racing point is going to make that step up. And Renault looks really good. The uh, Ricardo was saying that they found something in their setup. They unlocked something in their setup that totally changed the car. They found a sweet spot. Not a party. So now that they, not a party, man. It's just a sweet <laughs> spot in the setup. They find that setup, and now they can move forward from there and play around things. I think uh, Renault seems like they're doing well, and they're even saying. That they might have the second best engine on the grid. Ooh la la. Poor Ferrari. Poor Ferrari. Poor Red Bull. Poor. Yeah. To say that about Renault. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. So. That's bold. That's bold. If we say that, then wouldn't that also apply to McLaren, who we didn't even talk about? Yeah. There's nothing going on McLaren. But McLaren, I mean. They've been pretty consistent as far as being in the top 10. They've had a, a lot of bad luck. Oh, Carlos Sainz had a lot of bad luck. Um, I don't know. It it just seems like this happens all the time. One season, one teammate has bad luck. You, you saw that with Danny Rick and Verstappen when they were at Red Bull. Uh, now you see it with, uh, with Lando last year had a lot of bad luck. A lot of things didn't go his way when Carlos Sainz had a phenomenal year. This this season, you see Lando having a pretty decent season. He started off well, got his podium. And something is just going wrong. It's either in the pit stop or they can't even get the car to start for for, for Carlos Sainz. So they got to, you know, they, it's a team thing. It's a team sport. They got to get their act together. But, you know, the run, uh, I mean, sorry, McLaren are, pretty, are running pretty well and running where they should be at. You know, they, they're fighting for. They're fighting for the top of the midfield. So. Yeah, McLaren, you got to give them credit. At least throughout the years, they've been making strides for the better. 
I'm dipping, you know, going, going, going. Next year, this should be even better. We're Ricardo there, you know? And the Mercedes engine. Yes, sir. All right, boys. Anything else uh, heading into this weekend? Can't wait till Sunday. Oh, yeah. We'll see how far back Ferrari will be. <laughs> <laughs> You're more excited to be a hater than uh, to cheer. Yes, sir. <laughs> hater! I am going to be watching the practices very carefully. Uh, just to see, you know, the whole qualifying debacle is, to me, it's interesting. It's like a storyline within the storyline. Just to see how the drivers handle it and how the teams handle it, if any news will come out um, as far as how the FIA would deal with that so they don't have that happen in Q3 once again. And, you know, it's going to be a pretty... Monza's always fun. It's going to be weird without the fans. That atmosphere, you always wish you were there because the way the fans react, it doesn't matter even if a Ferrari driver doesn't win. It's just loud. It's It looks like fun. It's a great atmosphere. And then that rush to the podium is absolutely insane. It's crazy. So I... Take care. It's going to be weird watching it. But it's still going to be a fun race. It always is. And we can watch these cars at their best, super fast, full throttle. And that's what we want to see. Let's do it. So before we go, I just want to make sure to mention that uh, we are available on all podcasts. Why do I always screw up that word? We are available on all (laughs) podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher. We're also on YouTube where we consistently drop clips. We're also very active on social media. On Twitter, at Jump to Start F1. It's the same thing on Instagram, at Jump to Start F1. Make sure to swing by, say hi. You can e- also email us at jumptostartracing at gmail.com. We will see you then. We'll drop uh, the next episode next, I guess, right after the race or a couple of days after the race in order to be able to just discuss the, uh, the weekend itself. See you guys then. Should be a fun weekend. Bye. Peace out. Peace.